This is Imani of Modern Mystic Chronicles podcast, inspiring curiosity and magic through storytelling of modern mystic living with our first story for today's episode, written by Whitney Catalano, titled My Spiritual Awakening. I don't know how to start this without sounding incredibly cliche, but 2020 changed my life in ways I never could have predicted. And by that, I mean, it was the year that I burned my entire life down. But first, let me give you some context. Going into 2020, I had a very successful life on paper, and I really thought I had it all figured out. At that point, I was about three and a half years into being a registered dietitian and had finally found success in my coaching business, helping people heal their relationship with food and their bodies. I had a popular Instagram account, a podcast that I loved, a full client roster, multiple group programs, a laundry list of expert features and well-known news publications, and a reputation for my unique approach. I even got a book deal a few months earlier, which I decided to write while spending time in Italy and Amsterdam in February and March. Obviously, we know now that Italy was probably the worst place in the world that I could be at that time, but I was really living out my nomadic business owner fantasies, and we have to appreciate the optimism. Like I said before, I really thought I had it all figured out, and if you asked anyone in my life, they would have said the same thing. Now, of course, I did have this nagging feeling like none of it was making me truly happy, and I felt myself becoming increasingly resentful every time someone asked me about protein or meal plans. But I chalked it up to my workaholic tendencies and started planning for my time off in Europe. Setting aside the fact that I had to flee Italy before they closed the borders for COVID, the rest of the trip ended up being pretty relaxing and gave me ample time to write my book from various coffee shops around Amsterdam, like a true main character. But even though I knew the topic of the book like the back of my hand, writing it felt impossible. I took extra time to process my fears around it, and I reminded myself that everyone says writing a book is hard. But no matter how many strategies I tried to make the process easier on myself, something felt off. A few weeks later, I returned to the U.S. with only a few pages of my book written and less than a month left to finish it. I remember feeling so relieved when the lockdown started because it gave me an excuse to ask for an extension and plenty of uninterrupted writing time ahead. But as the days passed by and my coping mechanisms became more extreme, I started to realize it wasn't just the book that felt hard. Everything in my business felt hard. I always struggled to get and set long-term goals in my business or make any kind of business plan. I resisted the work I needed to do for launches and I struggled to focus without extremely high doses of my ADHD medication. I felt annoyed that I had to keep talking about food online and I was extremely uninspired to create content. And when I really got honest with myself, I realized the idea of promoting this book felt like an absolute nightmare to me, one that was about to take over my life for at least the rest of the year. One day I called my mom sobbing. I couldn't do it. I needed to get out. Thankfully, she mirrored back to me what I already knew. I needed to quit the book and give back my advance. This idea terrified me because we were in a pandemic and I was running out of money, but I knew I had no choice but to figure it out. 
As it turns out, the nice part about being backed into a corner is that fear becomes irrelevant. So I quit the book the next day and then proceeded to take inventory of the rest of my life. On one hand, I felt like I could finally breathe for the first time in months, but on the other hand, there was still something so heavy holding me back. Monday, March 30th, 2020 was the day everything began to change for me. Up until this point, I had been in full coping mechanism mode, scrolling and disassociating from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed. But something about that Monday morning was different. I woke up slowly and looked around my room as if I was seeing through my eyes for the first time. My whole world had slowed down and I felt like I was moving through molasses, except it wasn't heavy, it was peaceful. My brain was finally quiet and I felt like I had learned to stop time. I felt my habitual brain go to reach for my phone, except suddenly I wasn't interested in my phone, which surprised me. I grabbed a new journal instead one that I had been resisting writing in for months, and went to my living room. A voice inside of me told me to document my experience, so I dated the top of the page and started taking notes like I was an anthropologist studying my own existence. I felt like I had a new sense of clarity for the first time in my life as words poured out of me into two journals, one for my thoughts and observations, the other for my ideas and planning. Over the next few days, I channeled pages and pages of ideas, trying to make sense of it all, but barely able to keep up. I wrote out emotional healing processes, program ideas, full course outlines, frameworks for behavior change, insights about my own habits and behaviors, and detailed information about new types of clients I could help. I told my friend later that it felt like a mad scientist moment because I was up in my room, barely sleeping and barely eating as I furiously channeled notes about the future of my business and my purpose in the world. Most of that week feels like a blur, but what I do remember is certain I felt about it all, even on nights when I panicked about money or my future. On an intuitive level, I knew that these ideas weren't even mine. I was merely the channel, perfectly positioned to act on whatever came through. After years of talking about pendulums and Newton's third law, every action has an equal and opposite reaction, everything clicked, and I finally understood the duality of the universe, as if I had a bird's eye view of the energetic shifts happening in the world. I knew that COVID was beautifully magnifying all the parts of our lives that we've been neglecting and avoiding. I could see how the darkness was finally being brought to light, and a voice inside of me kept saying that the healing had begun. I also learned that there would be a spiritual army of people waking up at the same time or in waves after me, like a fabric of energy joining together to help heal the collective and co-create a more loving, equitable, accepting, and inclusive future. And whether I liked it or not, I was being called to start walking a new path. I needed to be the leader I was looking for in my most panicked moments, and I needed to heal and guide others around me through this chaotic moment in history. It was time to connect to my bigger purpose here and trust that I had everything I needed. And even though I didn't know where all of it would lead, and most importantly, I was being called to give up my chase for money and egoic success in order to shift my business and fully surrender to this new path. On April 6, without any plan or answers about what I wanted to do next, I formally announced my pivot on Instagram and started burning down my business. 
I can't even begin to explain all the coincidences, synchronicities, and divinely timed messages I received last year because of how frequently they showed up from that moment on. For like six months, synchronicities were happening daily and eventually became a pretty normal part of my life. But I can tell you about the first big synchronicity that made all of this real, feel real, and far bigger than just me. One Friday night in the middle of June, I was watching YouTube videos in bed when I stumbled upon a video from a tarot reader named Soulful Revolution. I can't remember the title of the video, but I just knew that this video was specifically for me. So I pressed play and grabbed my journal. Over the next 30 minutes, I sat there with my jaw open, rapidly taking notes on all the things she was saying. It felt like she was in my brain, saying verbatim the things I had become aware of over the past few months. She talked about the collective waking up and the role of healers in guiding the world to this next phase. She taught me about the frequency of miracles and the importance of committing to a spiritual practice to overcome the fear that was holding me back. She even talked about how we needed to abandon the chase for money and trust that it would come as if she had literally read my journal from a few months earlier. But the part that really got me was that she mentioned her own pivot, unsure of what direction she would be going in next or what it would look like. Even though I was watching her in a pre-recorded YouTube video, the message felt timeless. Like I was sitting there with countless other people who were all destined to hear this exact message at this exact time. As the video ended and I pulled up my text to process all these coincidences with my friend, I noticed the date below the title of the video. April 6. She made this video on the exact day I announced my pivot and channeled all the same messages that I heard her say. Except here I was, two months later, discovering the video for the first time and realizing that none of this was a coincidence. That was the day I opened myself up to the true frequency of magic. Whitney Catalano is a multi-passionate coach and entrepreneur helping intuitives, creatives, and visionaries heal their shit, master their energy, and find their unique formula for success in alignment with their higher purpose. Our tarot card pull for today's story is the Wheel of Fortune, which is so appropriate, you know, the karmic law of the universe, good fortune and destiny. Within quantum, we say that everything has already happened and we are just living it in the present moment, but we can tap into the past and the future when it helps us along our journey, just like Whitney did with the video on April 6th. It's all part of destiny. Like the Wheel of Fortune, the road may look messy and windy, but it was always leading her to right to the epiphany that she was meant to have. Today's story is sponsored by Mystic Mondays Tarot Deck and can be purchased at mysticmondays.com, Amazon, and Barnes and Noble. Stay with us as we bring you another story for today. This is Imani of Modern Mystic Chronicles podcast, inspiring curiosity and magic through storytelling of modern mystic living. With our second story for today's episode, written by host Imani Quinn, titled The Heart Keeps the Score. We sat on the stoop of my apartment and he told me that he didn't think we would make compatible long-term romantic partners because we were both alphas. I agreed with him, but I felt stumped because even if I knew that to be true, it took away the importance of the very real feelings that I had for him and any opportunity to explore them. 
To cut off heartbreak before it has a chance to land on your doorstep? How many lovers have that in common? Let's take a step back though. This is one of my favorite spirit-led love stories because it was the most underplayed. We started as friends. He'd come into the yoga studio with a little swag in his step, a radiant smile, and a confidence only a true Leo could have. He would always leave me with a compliment, a slight rose blush to my cheek. He was definitely flirtatious and I was not immune to his charm. He was also very much the kind of guy that I would go for. American born, with African roots, played sports, nice build, he was career driven and open to spirituality, but he wasn't looking to me for romance and I wasn't in a place where I was putting myself out there. We ran into each other at an event and he invited me to a group dinner. As soon as we ran into each other, the whole day felt kismet. So it was no surprise when we ended up sitting across from each other in the restaurant and he looked directly into my eyes and asked, do you feel this? Do you feel this connection? I was so thrown off guard that he would identify it out loud. I got shy and I said yes, but I didn't make it a thing. Being a mystic, I usually know pretty quickly what connection I share with someone, why they came into my life and what type of relationship we will have. And I'm not usually wrong, but for someone else to catch it, well, it made me have to acknowledge and own up to it, not just know it energetically, but say it out loud. And I wasn't quite ready. Some time passed and we became closer friends and eventually we crossed the line into romance, but not your typical sweep the girl off her feet romance, more of the millennial wanna Netflix and chill. So we did that. It was bumpy. I was constantly fighting feelings of wanting him to be my partner. I asked him to help me get a Christmas tree. He hesitated. He wanted to be that nice guy, but also he wasn't looking to be my boyfriend. I told him, don't worry about it. I can do it myself, reinforcing my need to be independent. But we didn't stop. He would come over and suggest a quantum TV show. He was always impressed with my work, so complimentary to my accolades. And he always wanted to be a part of the journey. We fit so well together. He'd come over and we'd go on a run together. We'd share our writing together. We'd go to the desert and bicker about making a fire together. The one constant through it all was that it felt like love but it was always held at a distance. And as we had stated, we knew there was a connection, but that we weren't ultimately compatible long-term. So I always downplayed my emotions. And it didn't help that I was also completely in love with someone else at the same time, who I wasn't romantically involved with, and ultimately I let that get in the way of how much I felt for this guy right in front of me. By the end of this one faded summer, he made a real effort. Even if he didn't spell it out in big letters, I knew he was making a gesture. He told me in front of a whole group of folks, I got you, girl. No matter what, I'll do what it takes. He made it off like he was kidding, but, you know, he made it into a joke by quite literally picking my nose. (laughs) But I knew behind the joke was true sincerity, which is why I withdrew from him, because I knew I was in love with someone else and I didn't want to hurt him. By the end of summer, I truly disappointed him. He said it was because of work, which I think was a partial truth, though he was acting in such a way that this had to do with more than just a bit of disappointment in a project that I didn't conduct up to his standards. You know when we're given the perfect excuse to say we need out, but the real reason lingers under? I broke his heart, and that is a choice I will have to live with. 
My choice to not take him up on his offer that he would do what it takes meant losing him. But do we ever really lose something that we never even admitted we wanted in the first place? Yeah, time isn't linear and love isn't logical. Soon after the faded summer, he changed his profile picture to a photo that I took of him on a perfect day that we had at the beach. Again, we downplayed it, acted like it wasn't a date. Even when a young teenage girl came up to us and said how sweet we looked and how much she wished she could be on a date like ours. So this was the day that I took a photo of him. And what an interesting choice to choose a photo from such a special day of the two of us as his profile picture. He sent me a song about moving on from a heartbreak in the end, told me that it made him think of me, and he thought I would like it. While the lyrics spoke volumes, we are always sharing messages even if we don't mean to. The subconscious is a magical place. Right after he sent me that song, I ended up driving to my new storage unit to put my belongings away while I traveled, and to my surprise, the storage unit was across the street from his house. And the song he had sent me that same faded day was about driving through your old lover's neighborhood. Spirit got jokes. It hurt. It stung. Because I still had not admitted that I lost a love that I wasn't even ready to admit I truly wanted. Months went by and communication was minimal. But occasionally he would pop into my dreams and tell me that he wasn't ready to talk to me again. But sometimes he'd do something really special like give me a poem. I put myself out there again in real life and sent another message. He replied with a simple understated response. Honestly, I didn't expect anything different. He has never been too keen on sharing his emotions and neither have I, a true testament of being a reflection in each other for where the other one is at. But I had the most healing dream. We were both working on a similar project that had us in the same building. I was staying in my room, went to bed early, and to my surprise, he came in the room to talk to me about how we were going to have to adjust to sharing space together, and that it would be hard because he loved me, but that we could figure it out. I could tell that saying he loved me was a slip of the tongue, and he wanted to downplay it, but I said to him that I didn't realize until after it was over how much I was in love with him. He began to cry, tears falling down his face. In that moment, I knew he needed to hear it, to know how important he was to me, how much I love him. I gave him a hug and he smiled and said that was nice, still trying to hide his emotions. He got in my bed to go to sleep and asked if I would be going to sleep too. I was surprised that he was choosing to maintain a closeness with me in the dream, and it was almost as if it was time to put it to rest. But the true healing was in me telling him how much I truly felt. And although I never had the chance to say that in our waking reality, time and dimensions are so minuscule in a quantum reality, and it doesn't make that moment and dream any less real. If anything, it awakened me to a truth that I finally let myself feel. We can't let go until we acknowledge that we've been holding on. Even then it happens not when we want it to, but when it's supposed to. Our tarot card pull for today's story is the Ten of Wands, which shows a person carrying the weight of ten wands on their back, the need to carry the full burden, and knowing when it's time to let it go. Because this was a story that already felt fated to end from the beginning. It never had the chance to just be what it wanted to be. It was always a burden. 
So in the last scene in the dream, being able to finally share the significance to what I felt for him was when I got to release the 10 wands for both of us in the dream. To not carry the burden of destiny and the need to do it alone and to stand in my truth because there is something that is so powerful and it's not shameful to state um, about loving someone. Today's story is sponsored by Mystic Mondays Tarot Deck and can be purchased at mysticmondays.com, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. That's it for today. If you enjoyed our guest story, you can catch us fireside with the author on IG Live at Imani Rachel Quinn on Instagram. And if you feel inspired to share your own mystical story, you can share with us on our website at imaniquinn.com at the submission link under Modern Mystic Chronicles Podcast. Big love, Imani. <laughs>